0: You are listening to the U.S. President's Podcast, presented by LearnOutloud.com. With each episode, we will endeavor to provide a brief biographical and historical portrait of the American Commander-in-Chief. For a complete listing of the Learn Out Loud Podcasts, with links to subscribe, please visit our website at www.LearnOutloud.com podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is provided by Simon & Schuster Audio, To download this complete audio book, please visit www.learnoutloud.com and search for this title. Simon & Schuster Audio presents Team of Rivals The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln By Doris Kearns Goodwin Read by Richard Thomas with an introduction by the author. Hello, I'm Doris Kearns Goodwin. In 1876, the orator Frederick Douglass dedicated a monument in Washington, D.C., erected by black Americans to honor Abraham Lincoln. The former slave told his audience, and I quote, that there is little necessity on this occasion to speak at length and critically of this great and good man and of his high mission in the world. That ground has been fully occupied. The whole field of fact and fancy has been gleaned and garnered. Any man can say things that are true of Abraham Lincoln, but no man can say anything that is new of Abraham Lincoln. Speaking only eleven years after Lincoln's death, douglas was too close to assess the fascination this plain and complex shrewd and transparent tender and iron-willed leader would hold for generations of americans in the nearly 200 years since his birth countless historians and writers have uncovered new documents provided fresh insights and developed an ever-deepening understanding of our 16th president in my own effort to illuminate the character and career of abraham lincoln I have coupled the account of his life with the stories of the remarkable men who were his rivals for the 1860 Republican presidential nomination, New York Senator William H. Seward, Ohio Governor Salmon P. Chase, and Missouri's distinguished elder statesman, Edward Bates. When Lincoln won the nomination, each of his celebrated rivals believed the wrong man had been chosen. Lincoln seemed to have come from nowhere— a backwoods lawyer who had served one undistinguished term in the House of Representatives and lost two consecutive contests for the U.S. Senate. Contemporaries and historians alike have attributed his surprising nomination to chance, the fact that he hailed from the battleground state of Illinois and stood in the center of his party. The comparative perspective suggests a different interpretation. When viewed against the failed efforts of his rivals, it is clear that Lincoln won the nomination because he was the shrewdest and canniest of them all. More accustomed to relying upon himself to shape events, he took the greatest control of the process leading up to the nomination, displaying a fierce ambition, an exceptional political acumen, and a wide range of emotional strengths forged in the crucible of personal hardship that took his unsuspecting rivals by surprise. That Lincoln, after winning the presidency, made the unprecedented decision to incorporate his eminent rivals into his political family, the Cabinet, evidenced a profound self-confidence and a first indication of what would prove to others a most unexpected greatness. Seward became Secretary of State, Chase, Secretary of the Treasury, and Bates, Attorney General. The remaining top post, Lincoln offered to three former Democrats— Gideon Wells was made Secretary of the Navy, Montgomery Blair became Postmaster General, and Edwin M. Stanton eventually became Secretary of War. Every member of this administration was better known, better educated, and more experienced in public life than Lincoln. Their presence in the Cabinet might have threatened to eclipse the obscure prairie lawyer from Springfield. It soon became clear, however, that Abraham Lincoln would emerge the undisputed captain of this most unusual cabinet, truly a team of rivals. The powerful competitors who had originally disdained Lincoln for his naivete and ignorance became colleagues who helped him steer the country through its darkest days. Seward was the first to appreciate Lincoln's remarkable talents, quickly realizing the futility of his plan to relegate the president to a figurehead role. In the months that followed, Seward would become Lincoln's closest friend and advisor in the administration. Though Bates initially viewed Lincoln as a well-meaning but incompetent administrator, he eventually concluded that the president was an unmatched leader, very near being a perfect man. Edwin Stanton, who had treated Lincoln with contempt at their initial acquaintance, developed a great respect for the commander-in-chief and was unable to control his tears for weeks after the president's death. Even Chase, whose restless ambition for the presidency was never realized, at last acknowledged that Lincoln had outmaneuvered him. This, then, is a story of Lincoln's political genius, revealed through his extraordinary array of personal qualities, which enabled him to form friendships with men who had previously opposed him, to repair injured feelings that, left untended, might have escalated into permanent hostility to assume responsibility for the failures of subordinates, to share credit with ease, and to learn from mistakes. He possessed an acute understanding of the sources of power inherent in the presidency, an unparalleled ability to keep his governing coalition intact, a tough-minded appreciation of the need to protect his presidential prerogatives, and a masterful sense of timing. His success in dealing with the strong egos of the men in his cabinet suggests that in the hands of a truly great politician the qualities we generally associate with decency and morality kindness sensitivity compassion honesty and empathy can also be impressive political resources